Hey, are you hiring? If you answered yes, let Zentegra Staffing help staff your IT people needs. Head over to Zentegra.com forward slash Zentegra Staffing to find out more. Zentegra Staffing, we can staff your IT people needs. Welcome to another edition of the Citrix Session with your hosts, Andy Whiteside and Bill Sutton, your source for all things Citrix. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 34 of the Citrix Session podcast. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. Got uh, with me Bill Sutton, Director of Services. Bill, how's it going? Going well today, Andy. How about yourself? Good. Uh, How's the... uh, How's the summertime uh, consulting business going? I know you and I talked about it some, and you know people are you know, people are out of the office <clears throat> kind of in general these days. But uh, you know people are taking vacations, and things are a little quiet, right? They are. Yeah, things have slowed down. So uh, this is the time to reach out if you need somebody scheduled right away or or at any time. But right now we're we're, we're kind of slow. Right. Well, now's now's the time to at least get prepared for those uh, those projects coming up in the next month or two for That's sure. That's right. That's what we're doing. So we're, we're ramping up and taking classes and putting on our you know our studying caps and getting prepared for the next round of projects that are coming in. Yep, we de- definitely with the uh, you know the work remote uh, stuff that's happening throughout the world. We definitely definitely see it building. There's like a massive storm cloud of potential uh, e- EUC conversations kind of building off in the distance. You can you can see it. You can see the dark clouds and the thunder and lightning coming our way. Uh, we're get ready for it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's definitely coming. And, and uh, I think we'll see a lot more of it as time goes on, uh, given, you know, what people have encountered during this uh, quarantine. So we're lucky to have with us uh, one of our sales engineers, a guy by the name of Harvey Green, which many of our clients clients have interacted with in the past. Harvey, how's it going? Doing great. Doing great. Hope you are as well. So we brought Harvey on to be the to be the muscle on this uh, session. Uh, <laughs> we talked through uh, the what's new in Citrix workspace uh, for May 2020, and that's that's kind of a conundrum all by itself to talk about workspace. I think what Citrix really means there is you know the the workspace services offering, uh, maybe even the on prem a little bit, but workspace is kind of a marketing term for Citrix, right? That really means that EUC space that you know we talk about all the time, and I've probably mentioned on this call a couple times already. But uh, the first uh, first bit of information here, they're talking about, you know, what's the future of this and why this is the new normal and why we need to be talking about you know, the evolution of the workspace all the time because uh, we see this as a, a valid platform for people to be uh, using to compute. Harvey, have you seen uh, clients talking more about a holistic approach to their digital workspace than just the, uh, you know, the, the remote desktop session uh, conversations? Absolutely. Um, that, that's been a lot of my conversations. It, you know, it, it kind of ranged from, all right, this, this will happen and, you know, we'll get over it. It'll be a couple of weeks and everything will be fine. And, you know, it, it took a while for a lot of people for, for the realness of this event to sink in. And, you know, now we're to the point where they, there's, I believe, pretty much a full understanding across the board that, that not only is this a real thing, but it's something that you need to plan your business around and make sure that you've got a way for people to be able to work uh, remotely and, and using Citrix and being able to do that from anywhere. 
So I, I think that's very important. You know, you know, it's interesting. I meant to start the conversation off this way. I think they do a good job here of kind of explaining. It's like it's got to be a strategic decision, just like moving. And the example right. they gave here is, you know, in their situation. And this is this blog was done by what's called the Citrix Workspace team. There was no no actual person identified. That's why we don't have a, a shmi on. But we thought we'd cover this one ourselves internally and have you know a very open conversation about it. But I like the way they start this one off thinking about it being a strategic thing, like moving, like personally you moving uh, and trying to find a place with that nice, big, very usable, safe cul-de-sac because you know, your kids are going to go play in the street. You might as well put them in a place where they have a chance to, to be successful. <laughs> right. So I really love what they're covering here. Uh, the first section they get into is uh, the business continuity programs around Citrix Workspace. And I, I think the real high-level conversation there is that with the workspace holistic conversation, there's just a lot of different areas of, you know, of keeping the business going that's covered um, in the workspace offering. Absolutely. It covers more than just, <clears throat> excuse me, more than just the, our traditional, what, what all of us know is the traditional, um, you, know, re, you know, remote app, remote desktops, uh, those sorts of things. It's, it's more than just that. It, it's uh, the ability to aggregate uh, those apps and desktops, but also SaaS apps and web apps and, and put them behind a single source of authentication. So the user goes to their workspace where they, where they can do a lot of their work without having to launch that virtual desktop, but, they have that virtual desktop or those virtual apps there available to them and they're all collapsed into one place and one pane of glass as it were um, for access. Right. I, think, I think it's always fun to point out that uh, the number one thing we see Citrix workspace or any other workspace technology used for is still the virtual app or the virtual desktop. Yes, we do. However, what we're going to talk about here is the, um, you know, the futures of that. And I can't help but my, my brain was spinning just now thinking about how it's going to take the cul-de-sac example, right? So you get a, you buy a house in a cul-de-sac so that you can, um, so your kids can go do the normal thing, which is go play in the street, right? Safe place to kids play in the street. But as I'm thinking about ways that you expand what the future of a cul-de-sac is, I mean, think about something like Uber or Lyft. Well, at my house, they have to pull into the driveway and then back out. But if I lived in a cul-de-sac, they could just swing around and pick me up. That's some future thinking about how we're going to use, in this case, the cul-de-sac, but how we're going to use the workspace differently. Right. Absolutely. I'm actually really proud of myself for coming up with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. <laughs> so along those lines, Citrix is offering something new within the workspace product set, and that's called Workspace Essentials. Harvey, you want to take a shot on uh, covering what they're covering here with what workspace, the essential, I guess that's the most basic level offering of the workspace covers? It, it is, yes. So the, basically, Citrix is working to create a holistic environment. Um, and with having a holistic environment, you know, you want to make sure that you've got use, the use cases for each person covered. Uh, and, you know, in some of those use cases, they just need a minimal amount of access to the workspace. In this case, uh, using software as a service apps. So you're, they've got listed here, Workday and Salesforce, you know, ServiceNow, some of those other things that you would connect to that aren't hosted in your environment, your, your cloud services, you know, is another way to look at it. Uh, you, you've also got access to ShareFile and your web applications, which they have here, SharePoint and Outlook Web Access. Uh, just being able to 
connect at a minimum to those types of services, but still be protected under the Citrix workspace umbrella. So you'll have the authentication happening there. You'll be able to implement your uh, multi-factor to help with reducing the chances that you'll be subject to an attack, just giving you some protections that you don't necessarily have uh, out of the box with some of those other applications. So, so Harvey, this is kind of the, uh, oh, I guess I'll just use the term, the, the, the crack offering, right? This is what gets you interested in understanding <laughs> what it can do for you. And then, then you start right. thinking about how you might, or at the alternative, it might be a great, uh, a great fit for those non-traditional Citrus customers that aren't doing virtual app and virtual desktop and don't plan to. This gives them a way to, to leverage the, the technology and get the benefits out of it. Yeah, you're exactly right. This this gives them kind of the the first blush offering to make sure that you're protecting all of your users the best way you can, but also giving them a holistic experience so that your your actual user experience doesn't necessarily vary from user to user, but what they have access once they get into that user experience is is what will be the variation. Yeah. Bill, any thoughts, anything you want to add to this? This is, this is a need for, to see Citrix, you know, taking the, the core product, the thing most people know Citrix used for and taking it out of a product offering instead of, you know, bundling it in. Yeah. This is kind of what I was referring to a minute or two ago about uh, providing an environment where they have access to web SaaS apps um, behind a single source of, <clears throat> excuse me, authentication. Um, they log into the workspace and they can leverage that to, to get to their apps and, and, get to other uh, information that they need, like their files, uh, directly from one workspace. And then, of course, that's the essentials version, which Harvey explained. But, of course, once you move up the stack, you get access to other things uh, like virtual desktops and virtual apps if that's the direction the customer wants to go. But essentials offers them, like you said, the, the kind of the, the entry point to the, uh, to the Citrix ecosystem, and then they can grow it from there. Yeah. So I think the big win for a client moving into that world and, and, and having this single portal that people go to to get access to, to applications and services, that's, that's a win all by itself. Uh, you know, single sign-on as it relates to that, single identity. Uh, but then the, the next piece of that is they, they get value add out of um, what Citrix calls here uh, Citrix Workspace Intelligence, HTTP, HTTP, HTTPS probably, uh, both integration. Um, so that you can then start looking at what's going on within that usage of that SaaS or online app. Um, which one do you guys want to try to run with trying to explain the H, the, uh, the intelligence <laughs> of workspace? Go ahead. So this, okay, no problem. So this particular piece of it re- refers to the intelligent workspace that Citrix has, which for, uh, I guess, for people who haven't seen it yet, uh, this this is sort of it's, we've been calling it internally kind of like a, a Facebook feed for lack of better terms uh, to help with the users being able to use their applications, but using them in the way of having them uh, concentrated into a portal. So they're not having to switch from, you know, one application to another uh, as much as they normally would in, in a normal day. So this particular one. Go ahead, Andy. Well, that was just me sitting down my coffee cup. But however, that is a good ah. opportunity for me to run. So I, I think what I did is I totally screwed up the intro to that. So right, the, the workspace intelligence piece, that's the micro apps and the ability to Correct. bring in non-traditional, you know, non-Windows apps, uh, mostly SaaS apps, into the workspace and with the um, 
with the essentials package, you're getting those SaaS based apps and a single landing page, a single sign on, a single identity, single authentication. That, that's step one in what the workspace is providing people that aren't in the virtual app and desktop world, right? That's correct. And then the, the next section of this goes on to start talking about the analytics, which is what I was really teeing up a minute ago. Uh, so <laughs> in, in the world of workspace with or without virtual apps and desktops, uh, we're really now with that single point of access and the single point of connectivity, uh, that's when analytics start kicking in. And there's really two flavors of that. One would be security analytics, where we can now look at what's happening, uh, what the usage of the app looks like and who's doing what. Uh, and then there's the uh, the performance uh, of the analytics. There's really two ways to look at that. Harvey, you want to maybe tackle the uh, security analytics conversation quickly? Sure. So from a security standpoint, one of the, one of the strong strong points of using Citrix Analytics is it looks at user behavior, monitors user behavior, and basically gives each user a risk score. Uh, in doing so, it helps you identify pretty quickly and at a glance in, their, in the portal, uh, whether or not you have users that are of great risk to you versus you know someone who just comes in and they're accessing everything internally and never make it out to the internet for anything. Um, so it, it gives you at a, at a quick glance, you know, an idea of what's going on with your user population and where you have actual risk points that you might want to monitor more closely or get your head around. And Harvey, do you have to set up what those analytics are or does it out of the box know some criteria to use? So out of the box, there's criteria that it is using. Uh, and again, this is this is kind of a, a machine learning service. So this is something that gathers intelligence as the days go on and it gets smarter for you and learns your users more and more as the days go on. Uh, so the longer you use the service, the, the more uh, in tune it will be to your environment. The more smarter, the more smarter yes. it is. <laughs> That's right. So, so there's a degree of machine learning going on um, associated yeah. with these analytics. And then at the same time, can you go and, uh, you know, wait and change the way it looks at certain things? So you can, absolutely. Um, if you know that, you know, a particular user actually has a legitimate purpose for sending out big files, say if, you know, you're a design firm, for example, and the files that you send out are normally pretty big because they're design documents, things like that, uh, then that might look normally to the analytic service out of the box. Like that might be some sort of uh, data exfiltration that you might want to be notified about. Whereas in this type of environment, that might not be the exact same scenario. So, you, you do have the option to change some of those things. But again, it does learn over time so that, you know, it will see that your designer always does this and therefore wouldn't flag it as abnormal. Yeah, I like to think of this like the shoplifter scenario that you have, you know, certain indicators that would cause you to look at certain areas of the store. Or, you know, you might uh, might uh, over time realize that most shoplifting is happening in the, I don't know, the jewelry section of the store. Uh, and right. uh, the machine learns that that's where the camera should be focused most of the time. And if it knows you're not looking there, it should do something to tell you, hey, you need to be looking over here. Exactly. That's right. All right. So along those same lines, not only is it uh, for security benefits, but uh, also usage and performance related. Bill, you want to tackle that one? Yeah. So, you know, this really comes down to allowing allowing the customers 
management or, or supervisors to be able to analyze how well the environment's used, and not just the environment itself, but also those SaaS and web apps, because those things have a cost. And if you've got a thousand licenses of a certain SaaS app and you've only got 600 users using it on a consistent basis, that this gives you a tool to be able to manage that and be able to see who's logging in when and how much they're using it, um, get metrics about how long top users are using it or active users, um, things of that nature that uh, that really give you visibility into those SaaS and web apps that you otherwise wouldn't have. Yeah, I have a great uh, great example for this one. Have you guys ever been listening to the I – mean, this is going – it's starting to seem like old school comment here, but you ever listen to the radio and they tell you there's a traffic accident at a certain intersection and, and you're at that intersection and there's no traffic accident? <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes. But what, what I'm getting at there is real-time analytics, a.k.a. Google Maps in my world, uh, helped me get around much better than Bob, the traffic guy on some radio station, because usually you know, half of what Bob told me was out of date by the, time, by the time I got to where Bob had reported there being an issue. That's right. So real-time analytics on usage, usage performance, that's that's awesome and something that Citrix has been working on for a while, both for, you know, SaaS and, and micro apps, as well as, you know, sessions within the virtual app and desktop. I, you guys both know that we have a long history of Citrix getting the blame for things that wasn't Citrix's fault and anything we can do to help prove that it was something else uh, that was causing the slowdown. Uh, just ex- extreme value there as, a, as, as the Citrix defender. That's right. Absolutely. All right, one more section here. I know Mr. Green's got a call with a client here in a minute ago. This talks about uh, multi-factor capabilities being part of the workspace scenario. Obviously, we've got uh, you know Duo and we've got Okta and we've got Microsoft uh, multi-factor. It sounds like Citrix throwing their hat into the ring here as a, a multi-factor solution. Now, is this just for Citrix-related technologies or is this for however you wanted to use it? So this one is uh, specifically aimed at everyone who's using any of the cloud services coming from Citrix, any of their hosted services. In order to get into the cloud portal at this point as an admin, they are requiring multi-factor. And that change was as of June 15th, so that was about a week ago. Um, So they're using uh, TOTP, which is basically time-based one-to-time password. And you have the ability to use uh, like a Microsoft Authenticator or Google Authenticator to be your multi-factor of choice. Uh, But it is something that is now required of every admin signing into the cloud administration portal at this point. But now is this this talking about just admins or is this talking about general users too? This this is this particular one is talking about just the administrators. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the users are not being required to do that at this point, unless you have required to do that uh, by way of your setup for your environment. And, and what this is pointing out is, if you uh, if you're an admin, you're going to have to authenticate at least the Citrix multi-factor if you don't have a different one defined. And then if you're a user, your organization can set it up to use the multi-factor solution of your choice. But Citrix now includes one, so that's an opportunity to to save money and, and use the one that's built into it. That's correct. Absolutely. And, and now, Bill, it seems it seems a little limited, right? It's just a one-time password scenario via text, I think. But um, that's now it's certainly better than nothing, right? Yeah, I think it's better than nothing, but I think it actually integrates with the 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 one-time password products from like Microsoft or Google. So you actually have to enter the code. I haven't actually set it up on my cloud account. I'm doing that 
as we speak. Um, but I think it, uh, I think Harvey, am I right? I, maybe you've set it up that, uh, once it's set up, when you log in, it's going to ask you to go to a Microsoft authenticator app or a Google authenticator app and enter the code, right? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. So you, you have with either of those services, the Microsoft service or the Google service that we're talking through right now, uh, both of them have like, uh, what, what used to be referred to as kind of a rolling token. Um, if you've used, you know, anything like the RSA badges that uh, used to be very popular or uh, something like that, then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. There's basically a six-digit code that is randomly generated that changes every, you know, 10 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever that would be. Um, so that's that's something that they're requiring now for everybody who's uh, signing into the administrative portal. And that's just again, that's another another one of those things that's just for your protection. Uh, have, having just password be the only thing that is in front of, you know, the, the controls to your environment is no longer enough anymore. So this is making sure that they've, they've got a second factor in place to make sure that uh, no one's getting unauthorized access to your account. Yeah, it looks like when you enter the code, they send you a code. When you enter the code, it asks you to scan a QR code, and then it, I assume it registers your uh, chosen uh, one-time password app as the, uh, as the source. That's correct. It does. Yeah, it's funny. I'm doing, it. I'm doing it right now, too. I haven't been out there in a little while. <laughs> Me neither. That's good. It's good to know that, uh, you know, Citrix is providing that and it can be used as the admin. And then at some point also for users logging in the system without paying for a third party solution that, that might be more robust, but you know, an extra cost. Exactly. Right. Well guys, I think that pretty much gets us to the, um, the end of this. Hey Harvey, I did have a question on this. Sure. Uh, the multi-factor, is it integrated with the Citrix workspace app or is it, um, is the workspace app, you know, like the target, um, the target app for the, the multi-factor push. So this, this particular one, again, is just signing just for signing into the, the cloud portal itself uh, from, from the administrative aspect for the, for the users. Uh, this, this is definitely, you know, a, a place where you could do that for them out of the, uh, out of the workspace app, you, you do want to have some sort of two factor in place for your users. Uh, again, this is something that is just for your protection, for your environment's protection. Right. Um, but this, this, this particular one is just about the, the cloud portal. But again, we definitely recommend that you have a, a multi-factor authentication policy in place. Yeah. Okay. Well, guys, I, that brings us to the end of this blog. I appreciate you guys jumping on. Harvey, we'll have you back a, a different day, and you can you can enlighten sure. us with more stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Not a problem. Appreciate you joining. Bill, anything else before we adjourn here? Nothing today, Andy. Thanks, Harvey, for joining. Appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks. Guys, hope, Thank hopefully you. you enjoyed listening to this session. Uh, we'll keep doing it every week. We, we love having these conversations. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you for listening to the Citrix Session with your hosts, 
Andy Whiteside and Bill Sutton. A special thanks to our guest for attending today's podcast. Podcast produced by Pete Downing. For any input or if you'd like to be a part of our podcast, please email us at info at Zentegra.com. Please head over to Zentegra.com forward slash podcast to listen to all podcasts in this series. This podcast is copyrighted by Zentegra LLC. Thank you.